your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And thank you all so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. Um, your Penguins are back in the win column, a 6 nothing uh, shellacking of the Montreal Canadiens. That team was horrific tonight, to say the least. We'll get into the underlying numbers in a little bit for today's episode. My first big takeaway, though, from this game, you could tell from the puck drop that the Penguins were pissed. Uh, <laughs> you, you saw their comments coming into tonight. We need the two points. You know, we, we deserved better against Buffalo because Dustin Torkarski went out there and played like a prime Dominic Hasek. They easily, I think, should have gotten a point out of that, especially in the third period. Um, and, and that play in that third period where they were just buzzing against Buffalo, it carried over and then some for this game. You had that awesome goal to start the game with Sidney Crosby getting his first of the year, an awesome tic-tac-toe play with Brian Russ, Jake Ensel, and Crosby finishing it off. Um, I missed that when all three were not healthy, so I'm glad that we got that back. Uh, Teddy Bluger, I thought, was sensational tonight. Had two goals. Um, a lot of people were kind of dumping on that line, you know, Bluger, Aston Reese, and McGinn um, this week. And, you know, myself included a little bit. I, I thought that Brock McGinn had a little more to give, or, you know, Zach Aston Reese did as well. Um, and they brought it. And then some tonight, if you look at the underlying numbers on natural stat trick, when that Aston Reese, Bluger, McGinn line was on there, Penguins had almost 63% of the shot attempts. They had um, all three of the actual goals. Um, they had 68% of the expected goals for. Um, they were just. They were killing it. 71.4% of the scoring chances for um, 75% of the high danger chances. They were a menace in Montreal zone all night long. So awesome to see Teddy Bluger um, really play well tonight. I loved that the Penguins ran up the score. Even with 10 seconds left, they easily could have just been like, okay, we're going to play safe, do all this other stuff, yada, yada, yada. But they still had that goal to make it 6 nothing with 10 seconds left. Basically, a, a giant F you to everyone that had been talking crap about them this week. So that, that, that again, was just awesome. But overall, um, what a great performance from Pittsburgh tonight. I didn't like how their play kind of dipped in the second period, but that's also expected a little bit just because you come out, you know, you score three goals in the opening frame. The home team is going to push back. I know Montreal is not that good this year, but the Bell Center crowd um, is always going to have the fans or the players, excuse me, revved up a little bit. And they were definitely trying their best to, you know, get the team playing a bit better. Tristan Jari had to come up with some pretty big saves early on in that period. But after that, the Penguins did settle down and they got a couple more big goals going into the third period. I loved Jake Gensel's one way. And what a screen, by the way, from Chris Letang on that one. You don't usually see a player like Chris Letang screening a goalie because he's always at the point. But that one on Caden Primo uh, worked to perfection. And Gensel was able to you know, find that soft spot um, and just you know, bury that, that. I believe he has now nine points in the month of November, five of those goals. Definitely a really big slow start for Jake, but you know, as of these last couple games, he's really starting to heat up and play like the Jake Ensel that we all know and love. Um, Danton Heinen, he finally gets back to scoring tonight. That is his fifth goal of the season. And I want to remind you all, he had seven goals all of last season with the Anaheim Ducks. So he is on pace to uh, more than double that this season for Pittsburgh. Halfway there to my 
hopeful free cockeye barbecue. And you know, I thought his play dipped a little bit in recent games. It was nice to see him find the back of the net as he had a good bounce to his stick. Primo had no chance on that one. I think that was the one that made it 2-0, and then Jakes was the one that made it 3-0. And of course, we can't forget about Brock McGinn. Nice to see him get back on the board. I know he's been kind of a bit of a target from the Penguins fan base lately, and you know, I said to myself on you know either yesterday's episode or Tuesday's one that I want to see more from him because he hadn't been producing for the last week or so. Uh, he started that back up tonight. I think that was, what, his fourth goal of the season, if I'm correct. And it was just a really sweet redirection from a Mike Matheson shot from the point. So really nice to see the fourth line um, contribute more offensively in this game. I believe that was Teddy Bluger's fifth and sixth goals of the season. He's on pace to have over 20 goals right now. Um, I don't think he's ever going to hit that. But, hey, you know, a man can dream, right? But I thought defensively the team was really insane tonight. That was, again, another one of my bigger takeaways. Uh, Montreal, again, had some good pressure in the second period. And you know, they, they had, I think, they, and even early on in the first period, they had a few good high-danger chances, but those um, were gobbled up as the game went on. The Penguins really tightened up defensively in front of Jari. Uh, Tristan was able to get his first shutout of the season. I, I, again, I thought he made some really big saves when needed to the third period. He kind of needed to just take a nap back there. The Habs had no chance of coming back. So nice to see him have another good performance for Pittsburgh, and I would expect him to get the start again on Saturday. But, you know, again, overall, magnificent performance from Pittsburgh. You expect them to take care of business against a really bad team. I know that's been a little hard to come by lately just because of that loss to Buffalo. They got blown out in Ottawa. But now, you know, you're going to Montreal. That team is so banged up, and they're just not good this year. You needed to come out of there with two points, and they did exactly that. I thought the Habs, you know, when I was previewing this episode for you all, on Wednesday, you know, I, I did say, you know, they were a lot worse than I thought they would be this year. And boy, did they live up to that and then some in this game. Um, they were just horrifically bad. Um, I do not know what's going on there to make them so bad outside of the injuries, but they were not skating hard at all outside again of like, you know, maybe three to five minutes of the second period. Brendan Gallagher kind of looks lost out there. I think he could potentially be a good trade candidate at the deadline if Montreal wants to do something there. Nick Suzuki looked kind of lost. Tyler Toffoli did as well. Um, Jeff Petrie, I've always found him underrated, but, you know, he just really didn't do anything tonight either. And Caden Primo, um, third string goalie from Montreal, and he just, he did not look like he was even close to NHL ready. There were some goals that he definitely had no chance on, you know, the Sid one, which I'll get into in a couple minutes with how Sid came alive finally. Um, the Jake Gensel one when Latang was screening him, I don't think he had a chance on that. The Brock McGinn one, that awesome deflection, I don't think he had a chance on that one. But the Heinen one, I thought that was definitely savable. And I think one or both of the Bluger ones were also um, well, no, the first Bluger one I thought was stable as well. The other one, um, he was already had been pulled at that point for the fourth string goalie, who I honestly don't even really know who he is at this point. But yeah, that's just a bad team. I know Cole Caulfield was called up for this one. That was something that I had not seen prior to recording, so I apologize for that. And he looked dangerous for a couple shifts. I mean, he's going to be a pretty good NHL player. I don't know why Dom Ducharme has been sending him down to the AHL squad because he's clearly NHL ready. I don't think this is like a full-on POJ situation where he's kind of ready. I mean, Cole Caulfield is 100% ready. You saw how good he was in the Stanley Cup playoffs from Montreal and uh, down the stretch for the regular season last year. Um, he is going to be a really good player in this league. But yeah, just, again, a performance that the Penguins needed to have and two points that this team badly needed. 
especially with the other results tonight as well. The Flyers lost in a shootout. I know they got a point. The Devils lost in regulation. That's huge. The Rangers lost to the Maple Leafs. I believe that was in regulation. Um, the Hurricanes and Ducks right now are tied at the end of um, the first period. or It's either at the end of the first period or they're still um, – playing in the first period. Uh, Columbus right now, as of this recording, is tied 1-1 with Arizona. So the Penguins have gotten some help from other teams tonight with regards to the standings. There's still a long way to go, but this was a step in the right direction. Great performance. Um, diving into the underlying numbers overall at 5v5 in the 6-0 win. Penguins had 56% of the shot attempts. They also had 61% of the scoring chances for, 66.6% of the high danger chances for, so 12 to 6 in that regard. Um, the expected goals for 3.19, 1.54 from Montreal. Um, again, you know, all the goals for, and then you know, they also had 67.4% of the expected goals for. If you go towards all situations, it gets even better. Penguins had 57.7% of the shot attempts. They also had 61.8% of the scoring chances, 71% of the high danger chances for, 3.47 expected goals for, 1.54 um, expected goals against for Montreal. And then um, overall, the Penguins, a very nice 69.2% expected goals for when you round all those numbers up. So um, the underlying numbers backed up the eye test and then some big two points in the standings. And we'll see if that can continue on Saturday when this team goes to Toronto to play them for the second time this season. But still have a bit more to get to for this episode, including uh, Sidney Crosby finally waking up from the dead. We also get to touch on you know the road ahead for Pittsburgh. And yes, I do want to touch on a little bit of that Manning cast that the Penguins had with Mike Sullivan phoning in. We're going to get my thoughts on that as well and a whole bunch more for this episode. But before we do that, Bet Online, they're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and that means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON in all caps to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. And you know, you just knew that Sid was not going to be quiet for too long. He always likes to play some of his best hockey in Montreal. And I loved that, you know, they gave him that little ovation before um, the game. You know, Montreal was doing their opening lineups in French. And when it got to Sidney Crosby, uh, they gave him a pretty raucous uh, cheer. So he always, I think, gets that kind of royalty in Montreal. It's a city that's usually pretty classy when it comes to a lot of away teams. Probably not Toronto or Ottawa, but um, when Sidney Crosby always comes there, they're always appreciative of watching him. I mean, you know, obviously he's Canadian. But I thought that was a pretty cool moment there um, from Sid. And he also had that typical Sid goal that we're so used to seeing him, you know, score when he gets to the front of the net. I know it was a little bit of a tap-in, but, you know, he's playing his best hockey when he is in those high-danger areas, whether you know, it's making a great pass or scoring a goal. He was able to, you know, 
beat Primo to the punch to corral that amazing pass from Jake and then just put it home to open the scoring just a few minutes into the game. And that really set the tone for the rest of this game just because Pittsburgh was buzzing from then on. Heck, even before that goal, they were firing a lot of pucks on the rookie goaltender and that one just escalated it even further. So, you know, and again, it's always going to take a few games for Sid to get going. He's been out with COVID. He had that wrist surgery, but, you know, you're starting to see Sid heat up ever so slowly. You know, that's now two games in a row where he has recorded at least a point. He had that secondary assist, I'm pretty sure, on Gensel's goal against Buffalo on Tuesday, and then, you know, he was able to score the goal tonight. So, baby steps with Sid. It's really good. Hopefully, he can keep producing like that. I also did love what AT&T Sportsnet did during that first period. They were able to do a little bit of a Manning cast with bringing on Mike Sullivan for about, what, 10 to 15 minutes of the broadcast. I think in, you know, actual game time, I think, you know, five to six to seven minutes of the period went on. And they were just asking him, you know, all sorts of questions. You know, what's, what's going through your mind when you're watching this play? You know, are you more of a coach at home or, you know, are you actually just cheering the team on? You know, what are you currently doing? You have your laptop in front of you. Are you getting ready to uh, talk with the coaching staff on WebEx or Zoom or something like that? What are you hoping to see here from the power play? All these really thoughtful questions, you know, from both Bob Airy and Steve Mears. You know, his answers were, you know, it was pretty fun. Again, you know, it's not going to be as funny as something would be on the Manning cast, but, you know, I wish we could have something like that every week with Mike, but that's just not going to happen because obviously everyone wants him to be behind the bench. The only reason he was not behind the bench tonight, in case anyone was not aware, um, Canada has that, you know, 14-day quarantine for COVID, so he will be able to come to Canada on Friday, and then he will be behind the bench for the game against Toronto on Saturday and against the game on Winnipeg next week before the team returns home to play Vancouver, and then they go to UBS Arena to play the Islanders. But I thought it was a really cool thing that the Penguins did by bringing Sully on. It was just really cool to hear his thoughts as he's watching the game at home because we really can't hear what Sully is thinking during the game. You know, obviously, he's yelling at his team you know, from the bench, and he's not going to do that on <laughs> open mic. But it was still cool to see, you know, just his overall thoughts on how the team was playing and answers to um, a whole bunch of other questions. So that was really great. I know I touched on Teddy Bluger a little bit um, in the first segment, but man, that second goal that he scored with 10 seconds left, I, I got to say it again. That was awesome. I mean, I don't know really what Montreal was doing by letting him, letting him get behind everyone like that. That was definitely a bit weird, but he was able to go, you know, backhand, forehand. Um, it went past the four-string goaltender. It was just a really smooth move there, I thought, from Teddy. Other things that I was pretty impressed with tonight, um, Tristan Jari actually spoke to the media a bit. Um, he said he didn't really like how he played in Washington. He said he wanted to do something about it. So, um, again, he's not really a player that's open to the media. I think he's just a shy person overall because when you look at his post-game quotes, um, it, it kind of reminds me of Matt Murray in a way where he doesn't really say too much. Or, you know, I think with Murray, he would kind of always blame himself, which is, you know, a lot of players do that, but still, he wouldn't usually wouldn't say much other than that. Jari even does less than that. He doesn't really blame himself at times. He just doesn't really speak up a lot. That's just, I think, how he is. He's always, I guess, cool, calm, and collected. But I really liked that he said that tonight, that you know he didn't like his performance in Washington. And he has played well in these last two games. Only two goals combined, both against Buffalo, um, both of which... Um, were really nice goals by the Sabres, I should say. I mean, one of them, he was screened on that he had no chance and that Oposo was able to score from five feet out, which is, you know, that one's really hard to say. But tonight, again, made some really nice saves and was able to continue to rebound after that sluggish play against Washington. 
It also looks like Evan Rodriguez, he was injured on the final shift, but Tar Reardon said after the game it's really nothing to worry about. But knowing this team, I'm sure it is going to be something to worry about going into the game against Toronto. Um, I thought Brian Russ tonight was awesome as well. I think he had a multi-point night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two assists on two of the Penguins' goals. Um, he's really been flying lately. I know the goal scoring has not been there for him. Um, he's going into a contract year where he's probably going to get a lot of money from some team. I'm not sure it's going to be the Penguins at this point, considering they have still not signed Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang, and Kasperi Kapan is still a free agent. Jeff Carter is still a free agent. They're going to have a lot of tough decisions to make after this season. I don't. I just don't know if Russ is going to come back next year, but um, his play is definitely improving right now. I still want to see him find the back of the net more. He was really close a couple of times tonight against the Habs but you know I'll still take I'll still take two assists in the dub anytime but I thought he was skating really hard getting to those prime scoring areas that we're used to seeing him get to and his playmaking ability was also off the charts I love that line with Gensel and Russ next to said I know some people want to move one of those players down usually I think it's Brian Russ that some talk about you know maybe move Jason Zucker up again I wouldn't be opposed to that but with how they play tonight and how they usually play with the underlying numbers supporting it um, I think it's a line that Sully shouldn't touch unless it's absolutely necessary. And again, that's just my opinion on the matter. And I'm sure, you know, knowing Sullivan, he is going to stick with that going into the next game. Overall, again, I don't really care if you're playing Montreal. I don't care if you're playing Philadelphia. I don't care if you're playing the freaking Arizona Coyotes. The Penguins needed this win. They needed something to feel good about. And they needed something to give the fans to feel good about, especially because they had lost 8 out of 10 and 3 in a row coming into this one. But they were able to send a message, I think, to some people that are saying they're not going to make the playoffs that, you know, maybe pump the brakes just a little bit. Again, it is still not panic time with this team. Let's see how the rest of the road trip goes. But a great start overall. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go. Um, Frank Saravelli had some more details surrounding the Penguins' sale today on Daily Faceoff. So we're going to touch on that, plus go around the league a little bit. Coming up here in the final segment of this episode of Lock the Locked On Penguins podcast. All right, so we are back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Frank Saravelli in his weekly um, icebreakers, so touched on the Penguin sale. And this is what he did have to say. So um, he said, it's always tricky when you're dealing with these kind of numbers to figure out. There's a lot of complicated parts. I do know that the number begins with an eight as it's an 800 plus million deal. That is the valuation that this sale is working on. It's always an important test for the valuations we see throughout the year, whether it's on Forbes, Sportico, whatever. The Pittsburgh Penguins will be landing in at least the eights when this sale goes final. The Forbes valuation for this year for the Penguins was 849 million. So what, what does that mean for Ron Burkle, who is executing this is the kicker here. So he's been told that Burkle is looking at a six-time multiplier on his investment that he put in. So what does that mean? I mean, it's somewhere in the 70 million range. So he's going to be leaving with 400 plus million dollars if and when this deal goes final. Remember, um, they bought this team back in 1999 for what? I believe the final number was $107 million. He is now going to walk away with $400 plus million when this goes final. That is just 
insane. What a payday for Ron Burkle as he's going to exit. And then, of course, you know, Mario Lemieux, he's going to get a lot of money as well as he will be sliding into a minority owner. But as Frank says, he will remain on board with the team. That is the expectation as the Fenway Sports, Sports Group dives in. He also says, as for a timeline, we could see an approval vote for this sale, provided that everything gets done, including with the NHL Board of Governors meeting set to take place on December 9th and December 10th. So that means around three weeks from today um, is when this could all be final and the Board of Governors vote on it and they approve it. So um, it's looking like the deal, it's going to be at least around $849, $850 million plus. Um, you know, Elliot Freeman touched on it. It could even eclipse $900 million just because of how valued the Penguins franchise is. And again, it's just insane that Burkle is going to walk out with over $400 million after he and Mario bought the team for hundred, only $107 million. And it's crazy to me that I am saying the only part when it comes to $107 million I understand that is a crap ton of money, but compared to what this team is about to sell for, um, that is basically pennies on the dollar. So he's going to be walking out with quite a bit of cash. And, you know, good for him and Mario, man. You know, the team has won three Stanley Cups on their watch. They can go into retirement. You know, Mario especially, I know he'll be around the team a little bit, and Burkle might not be. I think Burkle also owns quite a few other things uh, in his life as a business owner. But Mario, he can go back to just drinking wine every single night. I, I really don't think he's going to care that much. So that is the latest details surrounding the Penguin sale. Um, otherwise, again, there's not really much going on with the team right now. I didn't really like Kapanen's effort again tonight. I keep saying that every single episode when it comes to this podcast, he just, uh, I'll criticize him until the day I die if he keeps playing like this. You know, you all know me. If you've been listening to this podcast for even one episode, two, 100, 150, whatever, um, I will always say, what comes to my mind, and Captain has been really freaking bad up until this point. You know, I thought that game that he had against Minnesota was going to be the start of maybe something a little special. It has been anything but that. It's just a disaster. I mean, his puck control coming into the offensive zone is non-existent. Every single time he has the puck, it is stripped with so much ease from any defender that just comes up to him. I mean, he's so good at you know, going behind the net. The puck is fine there. But whenever he just comes from behind that net or you know, comes into the zone with speed with the puck, the puck is just it's gone instantly. So I really don't understand what is going on with Cappy there. So it's something that, you know, it definitely needs fixed. And I'm not really sure what it's going to take at this point. I don't even know if Evgeny Malkin is going to be the cure to that. Um, it's just... It's a big problem right now. I understand that there are some people in the Penguins fan base that just do not want to criticize Captain for whatever reason. I don't get it. But yeah, he, he has been a tire fire this season, to say the least. I think definitely the biggest disappointment for me, um, in my opinion. Overall, though, um, I guess going around the league a little bit, I mean, a lot of teams that have been surprising so far, especially the California teams. The Ducks have been really good. Troy Terry, I think, is almost on a 20-game point streak. The Kings have been pretty good to start the year. The Sharks have been a bit strong. You know, my Canucks pick is looking really bad right now. I have no idea how Jim Benning is not fired, to say the least. Um, Philadelphia is definitely playing some better hockey. Carter Hart, I will say, has played well to start the season. The Rangers, they did lose tonight, but overall, they're playing pretty well under Gerard Gallant. The Blue Jackets have played good so far, but I don't really expect that to last uh, too much longer. But, you know, overall, this is going to be a really tough division for Pittsburgh. I know I've said that a lot lately, but, you know, they just got to continue to bank points as much as they can. You know, if they do that, this will be a Booger McFarlane statement. They will be going to the Stanley Cup Finals for a 16th straight season. So, um, big two points tonight against Montreal. We'll see if they can repeat that against Toronto on Saturday, a team that they beat uh, pretty handily um, a few weeks ago when the season first started. But 
That'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. We'll have another one on Friday, and we will preview the game against Toronto and look into how they have been playing ever since uh, Pittsburgh uh, demolished them a little bit. So thank you all so much for listening to this one. I'll talk to you all on Friday.